is going to win the NBA championship this year? And who's going to win finals MVP? Los Angeles Lakers, Anthony Davis, finals MVP. Celtics, J Jason Tatum, finals MVP. Warriors, Curry, finals MVP. Bucks, and Giannis for the MVP. Kings, Fox, finals MVP. Sixers, Embiid, finals MVP. And I think the Clippers, with Kawhi Leonard as the finals MVP. But I guess we won't really know until the real deal actually happens. Until then, the best thing we can do is break down every single team's chances at winning the title. My name is Yash Parikh, and I'm your host for the NBA's Big 30. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the NBA's Big 30. I'm your host, Yash, and today I hope you're having a great day. I'm going to postpone the awards show until the all-NBA teams are announced because I want to cover everything in one go. The playoffs are heating up with the first round over. However, we still have to cover a certain Game 7, which you'll find out in just a minute. And we'll go over the rest of the playoff picture as well. I'm going to be giving a game-by-game -game analysis of each series. So without further ado, let's begin. Let's start off on Sunday, April 30th, as we view the Warriors-Kings Game 7. Spoiler alert, the Warriors won by 20. They won 120 to 100. And it was a Chef Curry masterpiece as he led the way with 50 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and a steal. Curry and Looney were a two-man wrecking crew with Kevon Looney grabbing 21 boards. Meanwhile, on the Kings side, I guess it's time to turn off the beam. This year was great for the Kings in its own right, and an early playoff exit won't diminish its promising future. Demandis Sabonis led the way for them with 22 points. De'Aaron Fox, fighting through a fractured finger, added 16 to the collective effort. Malik Monk and Terrence Davis both had 14 points. Well, enough about this Game 7, or any Game 7 for that matter. We've got Games 1, 2, 3, and even some 4s to cover. Let's hop into the second round of the Western Conference. To kick things off, let's talk about the Nuggets Sun series. The Nuggets currently lead 2-1, with Game 4 currently being played right now. Let's talk about Game 1. What a bad way to open the postseason for the Suns. They were down to 100 or they were down to 125 to 107 after being outdueled by Jokic and Murray. And I just want to correct myself, they didn't just open the postseason, the second round of the postseason. Booker had 27 and Durant had 29, but nobody else stepped up. Chris Paul is washed, folks. It's official. And I'm sorry to say that, Chris, but let's just say you're old. Jokic had 24 points in 19 rebounds, while Jamal Murray had 34 points. Aaron Gordon also contributed 23 points to the effort. Not much to say here, except Jamal Murray may have been trying to show Jokic up and show people who the real MVP was. Well, all of that was calmed in Game 2 after the Suns lost again. Their bench scored a total of 4 points. 4 points between 7 people getting minutes on the bench. Sure, Devin Booker had 35 points and Kevin Durant had 24 points, but that wasn't enough. Their bench needs to start contributing more. If I hadn't mentioned it yet, the Nuggets won 97-87. to 87. 
Speaking about the Nuggets, they ran an eight-man rotation. That means that they had three bench players who scored a total of 13 points. Jokic had a huge 39-point and 16-rebound game, but nobody else was too special. Jamal Murray only had 10, so there goes your MVP, Jamal. I have to say that as much as I hate both of them, I respect Jokic and Booker a lot. Yes, they may not be my favorite, especially Booker, but they're good. Also, on a side note, Chris Paul left with left groin tightness. He hasn't returned yet. Game 3 was good for the Suns, as they avoided being down 3-0. At home, they won 121-114. to Durant and Booker had 86 points total, with Durant having 39 and Booker tying a playoff career high with 47 points. Kevin Durant had a near triple-double, and the Suns finally figured out how to play defense. The Nuggets didn't play bad, the Suns, they were just too good. Nikola Jokic had 30 points, 17 rebounds, and 17 assists, while Jamal Murray had 32 points. Michael Porter Jr. also had 21 points. Game 4 is on right now. I predicted Josh Okoge to be the Suns' X-Factor, but it's looking like nobody is. For the Nuggets, it's Jamal Murray. Good games are good, bad games are bad. I think that the Nuggets win this series in 7. Now, let's talk Lakers and Warriors. This is exciting. LeBron vs. Steph. There's a lot of history here dating back to the Cleveland vs. Golden State days. And then there's Clay vs. LA and his announcer dad. And Dre and Looney vs. AD. So much to cover here, so little time. However, the Warriors have been a little lackluster. Let's get into it. In Game 1, the Lakers held on for a tight 117-112 win. Before we talk about the end of the game, let's talk stats. Two interesting team stats right here. The Lakers were 6 of 25 and the Warriors 21 of 53 from the three-point line. Yeah, let that sink in. So how did the Lakers win if the Warriors scored 45 points more on threes? Get this, the Lakers were 25 of 29 and Warriors 5 of 6. Can you guess the stat? Well, maybe you could, maybe you couldn't, but it was from the free throw line. This battle was in San Francisco, so it definitely wasn't rigged. Anthony Davis had 30 points and 23 rebounds, and LeBron had 22 points and 11 rebounds. The Lakers point guards, D'Angelo Russell and Dennis Schroeder, were split evenly, both having 19. On the Warriors, Curry had 27, Clay had 25, and Poole had 21. Kevon Looney had 23 rebounds over the taller Anthony Davis. This man is a beast. Jordan Poole did sell the game, however. With 10 seconds left and the Warriors down three, he launched a deep three that could have very well been a normal three if he had just moved up a little bit. He had no need to as the Warriors still had time. Game two was a 27-point Warriors blowout, 127 to 100. Klay Thompson had 30 points and Draymond Green was one assist short of a triple-double, having 11 points, 11 rebounds, and 9 assists. I just thought that that was kind of funny as they usually called Draymond the triple single. That's all for Game 2. Now, Game 3 was Lakers' payback as they won 127-97. to It was a great team effort, and the Lakers shot 20 more and made 16 more free throws than the Warriors. What's going on in this series? The Lakers seem to be taking and making way more free throws than the Warriors have been. Also, LeBron didn't attempt a field goal in the entire first quarter, which is amazing as he showed amazing team play and showing people that, hey, he doesn't need the stats as long as he wins. I think that the series could go either way, but let's just say Lakers in seven. Even though I usually predicted the Warriors earlier, I think that the Lakers have a good chance in the series. 
D'Angelo Russell is an X-factor, as when he plays well, he plays amazing. In Game 3, D'Angelo Russell heated up with 18 points in the first quarter. The Warriors need Jordan Poole to step up and realize his great new role. That's all for the Western Conference. On to the Eastern Conference. I'm saving the most exciting series for last, so let's start with the Heat Knicks series. Game 1 was a Heat W, 108 to 101. Jimmy Butler cooled off by his standards, dropping a cool 25 points. RJ Barrett had a great game, but it was the wrong game, dropping 26. The Knicks were missing Julius Randle in that game, but Jimmy Butler got injured late in the game as well, and he didn't come back for game two. In the Garden, the Knicks had 16 more fast break points than the Heat, surprisingly. The Heat did force way more turnovers, but I guess they weren't as efficient with them. Yet, they still held on for the win. In Game 2, the teams swapped problems, with Butler out and Randle in. Julius Randle dropped a playoff career high of 25 points and had 12 rebounds. The Knicks beat the Heat 111-105 to and New York out-rebounded Miami by 16 rebounds total. Game 3 had Himmy Butler, they call him Jimmy, but I call him Himmy, because he's him, back and ready. He dropped 28 points to lead the Heat to 105-86, to 19-point blowout victory. Heat and 6, and the X-Factor is either going to be Max Schroes or Caleb Martin. That's my prediction for the series, as I don't think that this inexperienced Knicks team can take on Hemi Butler and his crew. Even though Tyler Hero is injured and he may not come back for the foreseeable future, I do think that Miami has a great chance in the series. Now, as I said, we saved the best for last, the Celtics-Sixers series, tied 2-2. The Sixers were without the MVP, Joel Embiid, in Game 1. And yes, I'll have my thoughts on that in the award show. But Game 1 Harden stepped up to the plate, pouring in 45 points and 6 assists to lead the Sixers to 119-115 to 15, win. Jason Tatum had 39 points, but I guess it wasn't enough to battle the blazing Sixers. Tyrese Maxey had 26 points, Tobias Harris had 18, and Paul Reed showed out as the Embiid replacement with 10 points and 13 rebounds. Yes, that doesn't sound great, but it's amazing for Paul Reed, who's starting to show quite some promise. Off the bench, DeAnthony Melton for Philly had 17 points. Philadelphia also had 10 steals to Boston's 3, yet they were outscored off of turnovers by 7 points, a similar stat as with the previous series. Game 2 had Joel Embiid back, but the Sixers' streak was gone. And by streak, I mean that they won the four straight games in the first round and the first game of the second round, but now it was over. They were blown out 121-87. to Tatum only needed to play 19 minutes. That should stay enough, and he had a chance to rest. Even though he didn't play that great with only 7 points, Tatum didn't need to play that great as the rest of the team contributed well. Game 3 was much of the same with the Celtics winning it 114-102. to Embiid did play like an MVP, however, with 30 points and 13 rebounds. Tatum and his team were too much, and they won again. Game 4 was not only exciting, it was exhilarating. The Sixers won 116-115 to in overtime. Not often do you see such a close game in the second round. Harden had 42 points, 
8 rebounds and 9 assists, while Embiid had 34 points and 13 rebounds. Tatum's 24 points and 18 rebounds wasn't enough, and let me describe some of those exciting sequences for you. The Sixers were leading by as much as 14, but they lost by that lead. Down 2 with 31 seconds, Embiid drove in for a layup, blocked by the old man Al Horford. Tyrese Maxey got the rebound and passed it out to James Harden, who sent it to overtime off a floater. Even though that there are still 16 seconds left, the Celtics failed to convert a shot in time. In overtime, the Celtics led 115 to 113 after a Jason Tatum step back three. Harden hit a three with 19 seconds left. Then we waited. We waited for the full 18 of the 19 seconds, and Jason Tatum drove in for a layup. But he realized he was being double teamed in the paint and passed it out to a wide open Marcus Smart for three. And Marcus Smart, well, he didn't fail, he hit it. However, it was too late. The Sixers had won. And as they were throwing their hands and saying, no, 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 that shot did not count, Marcus Smart was celebrating with his team. However, he should have known better as the shot didn't count. That's all for today's episode, and I hope you see I hope I see you guys next time on the NBA's Big 30.